Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Jeff Ramsey. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is Where's the yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 41. And joining me for this episode, I have another special guest and a good friend of mine, Kelsey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thank you for doing this with me. I'm really excited. Same. So, Kelsey, originally I was going to have you on, and I still eventually I think we will have you on to do um, 16 and Pregnant and then Teen Moms, since I know that is another passion of yours. But Definitely. when you brought up this show, I knew that I wanted to do this with you as soon as possible because this is something that I have no experience with and you have quite a background with. So this week we are talking about Bad Girls Club. Yay, I'm so excited. <laughs> so, the, yeah, I have, like, I didn't watch this show ever. This was, like, the type of reality show that as a teen I was, like, very much not into. Um, so I literally know nothing about the show. So what is your, like, personal background with it? So I started watching it, like, many years after it first debuted. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely, when it first came out, thought I was better than Bad Girls Club. And mm -hmm. I'm not into that kind of TV. And then definitely. I realized it's the best TV in the world. Um, but I started watching maybe around like season four, season five. And then I watched religiously, like as the seasons came out, um, mm -hmm. I've never had cable. So it was always like streaming illegally online the next day or that later that night. But I love the show. Um, it's, I think my favorite reality TV show. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Such an honor to be talking about this with you then. Yeah. So where were you in your life when you were like really got into Bad Girls Club? Because that's how I always like to think of reality shows. Like what kind of point in time, like where was I in my life when that was like my thing? So I think it was when I was working at my job at UNC when uh, I had a lot of time. time to kill. Yeah, I had a lot of time to kill and I did a lot of watching TV illegally on my um, computer, work computer. Um, I'm sure UNC is thrilled if they're listening. I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure they have an listen. organization. And, um, but I, yeah, I just, it was like fun to watch. It was a little bit like naughty to watch at work too, because, you know, really ridiculous things happen on this show. Um, it's definitely not a PG or PG 13 type show. Um, and I was able to get a coworker into it too. So we were able to kind of like talk about it and then like Google the cast, like after the fact and see where they were and all of that fun stuff. I love how much your old job just ties you into all of these different reality shows. Guys, Kelsey is like a really good friend of mine. So we'll try to not dip into too much like inside jokes and stuff. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I just remember, I don't know if you want to save that for when eventually we do catfish or something, but this right. is where you told me about what you did while you were working at UNC. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's definitely a catfish story to share at some point. So that'll just, uh, that'll, that'll have people clamoring for you to come back on so that they can hear the infamous catfish story. Yeah. It's, it's good, you guys. It's good. Um, okay. So yeah, you were, I guess, so that wasn't too long ago that you got into Bad Curls Club then if it was just, I mean, I guess several years ago, but still yeah. not like, to, to me, this was like when I was 
this season one, which is what we're going to be talking about was when I was in like middle school. Right. Um, but you weren't watching season one when it first came out. And obviously like all of my guests, you are a few years older than me because that's what I have to announce in every single episode is that I am a baby, the baby, a 27 year old baby. That's true. Um, so yeah, the show itself, it premiered on Oxygen in 2006. Um, it's been airing, I guess, ever since then. Uh, it looks like the future was a little bit uncertain when it was announced in July 2017 that Oxygen would be converting to a true crime network. But in October 2019, so just a month or two ago, it was announced that the season would be coming back to air on VH1. Because VH1 is just this catch-all now of all of these just random-ass reality shows. They have, like, I guess Bad Girls Club, they have RuPaul's Drag Race, they have all of these like Black Ink LA, Black Ink Atlanta, and other sorts of things that are just like, I don't even understand what that channel's doing now. It's a mess. (laughs) Um, So if you, like me, are unfamiliar with Bad Girls Club, the premise was basically, it was a group of women it says, Wikipedia says, the show focused on the altercation, altercations and physical confrontations of seven highly aggressive, quarrelsome, and unruly women. Yeah. Uh, so it was this group of women who were quote unquote bad girls for various reasons. Um, they all came from different backgrounds, different places in their lives, uh, but they all had some sort of something that made them not fit in with, I guess, the mainstream sort of like expected polite society. Uh, And they would live in this house. And I guess the premise was just that they would try to improve themselves. It was kind of hard because they didn't really have any main focus. And at least in this first season, it just seemed like all they were doing was going out to clubs and drinking, except with, I'm just so used to like, the surreal life where they have tasks to do or like the bachelor where they're all trying to date someone. So this is just like, what are they, what's the goal here? Yeah. They literally just gave a um, crew of young, but legal drinking age women endless time to do nothing but drink. And it was brilliant. I think the, they knew what they were doing. Um, And I think as you will find out, if we discuss this episode, it was like an episode, like a recipe for like, really great ratings and lots of viewership. (laughs) Um, Truly. So they have several rules that they have to abide by to live in the house, which is never like clearly stated. It's never like they walk in the first day and they have a host or someone who lays out like, these are the rules, Um, which again is like so unusual to me. seems like all other reality shows like this have some kind of like host who takes us through the storyline of the season, but there is no storyline. It's literally just these people living together. Um, So the big one is that they're not supposed to physically fight one another. And if they do um, get into a fight, they will be evicted. Uh, If a girl is evicted or decides to leave on her own, typically they'll bring in a replacement bad girl as long as it's not too close to the end of the season. And you'll find out if you continue watching, um, especially if you're inspired to start watching after listening to this episode, that replacements are a big freaking deal with this (laughs) entire enterprise. And so I love the whole replacement concept. They really do not like when someone comes in as a replacement. It's so funny to me. Yeah, it's Um, it's a big affront. You know, you're not an original. It's very important to be originally cast, which 
I can kind of understand, but also it's not that serious. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So this season, we talk about an episode that's really early on in the season before any of the replacements happen. So we can kind of just talk about this a little bit. But I thought it was interesting because the first replacement, Deanne, who actually is like my favorite, I think she's my favorite one of every girl this this season. Um, She just reminds me of like the type of like really bubbly, kind of like tomboyish, but still girly, like good old Southern gals like that I went to high school with who would like always be really like excitable and like talk to you in class, but like you would never get like become like close friends with. Right. Right. Um, So she comes in and she like ingratiates herself pretty well with the group and becomes like an original almost. And then when the other two come in towards the end of the season, they really want like nothing to do with them whatsoever. Yeah. It's um, in future seasons, it becomes like a thing where like sometimes the new castmates get jumped upon arrival and things like that. And you'll also find out that the rules about not fighting, when they figured out how great um, the ratings were for the show, when people would beat the shit out of each other, they started actually like kind of decreasing the penalties for fighting. And usually it resulted in like a hotel stay, which, oh, big punishment. I get sent to some kind of like nice four star hotel (laughs) in LA. But it was literally like they would have to like nearly hospitalize each other before they'd get kicked out of the show in the like late season. So I was watching through, I think it was, I think it was just like a couple of fights from the early seasons or something. And there were a lot of YouTube comments where it's like, yeah, this is the good old days when they would really let the girls go at each other. Now they pull them apart so quickly. Oh, so I thought maybe that has something to do with it. It's like, cause I saw yeah. when I was doing my research, they have like, they have security guards that are stationed in the house, to like pull each other off of one another. And I feel like in this first season, there were a few physical altercations but there weren't that many and they really did just let them go on for as long as they needed to go so I think maybe that's like the difference between like the earlier season and the later season is like when they got into it it like really went down until it was very obvious that someone had to leave whereas in maybe the more recent seasons they just pull them off apart from one another so quickly that it's like it's fine you guys can really stay well and also I think there was like this expectation the later you got on in the series that if you were joining the cast, you were someone that was like coming ready to like throw fists and like really get into it with <laughs> other women. And so they were recruiting really tough chicks that like would terrify me to live with. Like I always like entertained this fantasy. It's like, what if I could go on bad girls club and you know, be the one that's friends with everybody. And then I was like, Oh, what? but they would never choose me because the first time someone tried to punch me, I'd be like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. Like I'm going home. Like I don't want to get punched in the face. So I think like they, that's why they started having bodyguards in there because they were getting women that like knew how to fight and yeah. could really do some damage. Cause I think like the first, this first season, the girls, I was like, these aren't bad girls like they're maybe like kind of annoying girls a little bit some of them are really like just irritating um but I would never I wouldn't call any of them truly bad girls and you could kind of tell from the fights especially the ones that we're going to talk about in this episode is just yeah maybe the only person who actually knew how to fight probably was Ty when she went after Amy yeah she's the only person who could I actually would think would take someone down yeah um, so there have been a few spinoffs from the show. There have been uh, Bad Girls Road Trip, which was a spinoff specifically of this first season. Um, Tanisha gets married, Tanisha being a really famous bad girl from the second season. Is she the one that I know with the pots? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because that's like the only thing I know is like the girl banging the pots being like, I didn't get no sleep because of you. Y'all not going to get no sleep because of me, which is it's iconic. something that I consider talking about. But this was a great episode too, so I'm glad you wanted to do this. 
Um, so there was Tanisha Gets Married, there was Love Games, Bad Girls Need Love Too, where past cast members seek true love, which is something I'm definitely going to have to go back and look into. <laughs> but you'll also have to watch Natalie's season because Natalie is also a notorious bad girl and she is prominently featured in okay. Love Games. Yeah. I think she was season four, I think I saw when I was doing my research. Yeah. Did she say something about Rihanna? Yes. Okay, yeah, that was her that yeah. I saw. She, it was like, she had her own specific, like, controversy section in Wikipedia. Oh, yes. Um, so there's the Bad Girls Need Love too, and then there's Bad Girls All-Star Battle. Yep, yep, and also, again, Natalie. Natalie is prolific in the Bad Girls universe. Oh, I, I love that they have, like, in the the different sort of universes. So like the bad girls universe is its own thing and the oxygen channel, like away from like the VH1 flavor of love. I love right. money sort of thing, but there are still those characters in that universe that like keep popping up. And actually there is a little bit of crossover because I was going to do this with the, where are they now, but it doesn't really matter because she's not even in this episode. Joanna Jojo won yes. the first season of for the love of Ray J. That's right. So that's like really cool that it still like crosses over even when it's like not even on the same network. Um, so seasons one and two we kind of talked about are a little bit different from the rest of the seasons. Um, there were nicknames for the girls starting in season three. I saw that. Um, does that, what is it, what's the deal with the nicknames? How does that come up? I'm not even sure. I don't really remember what brought that about. Um, and I don't remember everyone having a nickname. So, yeah. I like looked through it and it said on the difference, it was like the ticking time bomb, the the angry Barbie doll, like things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I think it was just like a stylistic choice that they made to start introducing the cast members. Because mm -hmm. I don't even think they really introduced people in a serious way, like in the first or second season. Um, but in the later seasons I definitely remember it was like always like a theme when they would walk in like their pictures would be on the wall or there'd be like a cardboard cutout of them or like a giant magnet that it was like a dress-up doll there was always like some way that they could start interacting with each other in a non like basically instead of hitting each other they'd like destroy each other's posters or like <laughs> throw up their, their paintings and stuff and it was always like a thing so I think probably the first time they tried that like people loved it like I think you know like it was always like a thing to throw stuff in the pool mm -hmm. so I, I'm sure they just started doing that because it became a thing god this first season seems so different from any other season it is it <laughs> truly is because I just picture these girls walking in and just seeing like someone else's cardboard cut out and just being like Rah! and like attacking yeah. <laughs> it for no reason that's basically what happened um, so also the age range was larger for season one. It was women who were from 21 to 31. And then after that, it got dropped down to like 21 to 28, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, also the second season, the girls were required to have nonprofit jobs that they had to go to to build their work ethic. And oh, if they right. quit or they were fired, they would get evicted. Um, but I guess this never came back. So again, this is stuff that like, that's what makes me think of, you know, like something like this surreal life where they have to go, or Jersey Shore, where they have a job. Yeah. It's people living in a house together, but they still have an objective. Um, so season two makes sense to me, but all these other seasons are just so, like, aimless. Right. 
Um, and then the biggest controversies that came out of this show is just the general treatment of women and criticism of encouraging and promoting bad behavior in young women. There have been several people who are saying that it affected their like adolescent and teenage daughters uh, who would act inappropriately after watching the show. Right. Um, and to which I say, just don't let your kids watch it then. Right. Um, what do you think? What are, what do you think about the controversies? I think people don't like seeing women behaving badly first. And so Mm -hmm. I think it was really offensive to see that, you know, women were cussing and drinking and acting overtly sexual and engaging in random drunken hookups, because that happens a lot in the later seasons too. It's like always a race to be the first girl to bring a guy home. And also on the same token, I think that there was a lot of exploitation of people, a lot of exploitation of black women and Mm -hmm. a lot of not doing anything about racism when it comes up. And it even comes up, I mean, it comes up almost every season. There's always some dumbass white cast member that says something really offensive or outright just racist, uses a racial slur, something like that. Mm -hmm. It even happens, I'm pretty sure in the first season, there's something with Jodi. She says or does something that... I know that there was Zara who didn't want to go to the black club with Leslie. Yeah, yeah, there was was that too. She's like, it just makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to be the only white person there. Yeah, well, like in the first episode, Zara like describes the cast member that arrives late as like, oh no, or one of the black cast members is the big black girl. Yeah, I remember that too. The way she said it, I was just like, oh, Zara, like that wasn't nice. Yeah, (laughs) it's just, but Zara's stuff definitely came from a place of uh, extreme ignorance. Yeah. She was from like upstate New York and had never really even seen a black person before, before she went there. So hopefully she learned. Yeah, we'll see. Sarah was super annoying. The worst. The worst is Amy. Amy was just because her negativity was such a black cloud over everything all the time. But Zara, just like her voice was so <laughs> high. I was gonna say the voice. No, it had like no vibrato, no kind of like richness to it at all. She's yeah. like, oh honey, what are you doing? And they're like fake sincerity behind everything she said too just like really got to me yeah. too everything was like sweetie honey yes. no. yeah 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 oh gosh she was she's great um so how how did we choose the episode that we were going to do so you wanted to do season one I said let's do the Tanisha like banging on the pots why did you want to do season one specifically So season one, I think, is just a great introduction to Bad Girls Club. You know, I think it, again, it's a really different reality show. Like, there isn't a lot. It was kind of like Big Brother-esque, but even Mm -hmm. then, Big Brother has, like, tasks, and, like, sometimes I think people get sent home, and, you know, all that stuff happening. And with Bad Girls Club, it was really just about, like, letting these people exist together and seeing if they can learn to coexist and also highlighting their hijinks and their fun and all of that. Um, The first season, I think, is just such a pure bad girls experience. (laughs) And, you know, like, Tanisha is, like, famous. Like, she she became so famous with the show that she was, like, hosting the reunions and got side gigs outside of the Mm -hmm. show and all of that. And um, also, like, Ripsy, who we will soon talk about, like, I don't think the show would have gotten renewed for another season without Ripsy. Mm-hmm. Like, 
It's such a shame she got sent home. She well, we'll talk. Was yeah, there for such a short amount of time, but she made such a big impact. I only wish we could have seen more Ripsy. <laughs> so yeah, you had mentioned the name Ripsy when you were talking about season one. So I, it was in the back of my mind. And then as I was watching the first few episodes, we got I got to episode three, and I saw I wanted to. I'm surprised that this episode was not entitled Ripsy's Rampage. I feel like that was just right there waiting for them, but it's not. It's called A Rude Awakening, which is, I guess, a good, um, a good title as well. Yeah. But yeah, just seeing her rampage just is so absurd. And also some of the editing choices they made were really good. Yeah, no, it's great. (laughs) So I wanted to talk about that. So that's what we're doing. Season one, episode three, like I called, uh, or like I mentioned, it's called A Rude Awakening. Um, so we get our previously on, (laughs) again, the editing is really good on this previously on. It starts out with Zara saying like, I think this is a really good group of girls. We're really going to have each other's backs. Foreshadowing. Um, it goes on to Ripsy kind of talking about how she's had a really sheltered life. All of the girls kind of bonded over the fact that they had trouble like getting along with other women growing up. Um, we are introduced to Carrie, who is a country music singer who says that her, like, she's the bad girl of the country music scene, which is how, like, Carrie's benign, like, non-factor. She maybe made one, one music video and she was like, well, I'm a country music star now and I'm being unfairly maligned because they think I'm too sexy. So (laughs) that is my story. I am too pretty. Yeah. Because she posed for FHM or something, but there's another girl on the cover with her. I looked up her cover. So So there's at least two sexy country music singers and you didn't see this other woman complaining. (laughs) Um, Zara and Ripsy bonded a lot. They became like, you know, really close friends within the two days that they had been there. Uh, and then the, the big thing that the previously on focuses on is that Ripsy believes in hair of the dog. Um, oh, yeah. But she does not think that like, so hair of the dog, you know, having a little bit of something to drink that you drank the night before when you're hungover is supposed to fix your hangover because you get drunk again. Yeah. Ripsy thinks that it sobers you up and she says this multiple times she's I think at one point they're like what are you how much are you drinking because it's like 9 or 10 a.m she's like I just had three shots to sober me up so I think Ripsy didn't I mean I hope she got help but also it's like it may be sobering up or it may be high functioning alcoholism like I'm not sure which one it is Ripsy but I think (laughs) We're going to find out which yeah. one it is. If she keeps calling it. She's like, I'm just drinking to sober up. I'm just having yeah. a little drink to sober up. Yeah. <laughs> and Jody one. calls her out. She's like, that's a contradiction. You don't drink to sober up. And she's like, yes, you do. Um, so Ripsy and Zara got really drunk. They did some yoga, I guess. I don't, I'm not even sure what instigated this. I think Carrie and like, it was Carrie and Amy, I think, who were outside just kind of observing the drunk yoga. And I think maybe Carrie made a comment that really set Ripsy off. So the previous episode ended with Ripsy attacking Carrie on the porch outside, them getting into a physical fight, them knocking over like an umbrella, and then Rip, uh, Ripsy gets pushed into the pool by Carrie. So Carrie pushes her into the pool. Yeah, like, it, she's also so drunk, she literally can't swim. Like, they're showing, she's like, we're watching Ripsy drown. So, <laughs> I mean, that's happening. Yeah, so Carrie almost manslaughtered a woman by pushing yeah. an extremely intoxicated person into a pool. Um, and then that's where the previously on ends. We get the little theme song, which for the first season only is Love Me or Hate Me by Lady Sovereign. 
that is one of those songs that I hate so much <laughs> because of how dumb and catchy it is. Yeah. Every time I had to watch that theme song happen, I got angry. <laughs> Same. Um, so Bad Girls Club, again, with the editing, like they are, they love a cliffhanger. They love to just like pick up in the middle of the action. So it literally just picks up with um, Zara and Amy pulling Ripsy out of the pool and Carrie is like walking away. Ripsy looks like a wet dog. And then we get a confessional from Ty that she sort of just sets the scene. She says, it's pure madness in the house. Uh, right now, Ripsy went on a rampage. It's bananas. It was like the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, so Carrie goes inside the house and starts looking at her neck where Ripsy attacked her. Now, when she was attacking her, it didn't look like she was really choking her out, but that's what Carrie goes on to imply what happened. All right. So what <laughs> happened to Carrie was terrible. I will not deny that being attacked by someone when you are not expecting it is awful. Did Carrie overreact a little <laughs> bit? I I think so. I am ready to call Carrie the fuck out because okay, I wrote down good. everything that she said. <laughs> and then I watched this episode three times and I observed everything that actually happened. And I was like, I these it. do not align. Yes. I love it. Okay. Great. Uh, so she's checking herself out in the mirror. Jody comes into the bathroom where Carrie is and Carrie tells her that Ripsy attacked her. Carrie, I mean, obviously she's shaken up. I cannot blame her for being shaken up. Yeah, her voice is yeah. shaking her. She's crying. Um, that's all valid. That's all very yeah. extremely valid. Uh, <laughs> then again, excellent editing, excellent foreshadowing. Jody puts on her sleep mask and gets in bed. And she says in her little uh, voiceover that she's like, I just decided I'm going to avoid the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, best laid God. plans. Yeah, love Jody. Um, so back outside, Ritzy, <laughs> Ritzy pops up after getting out of the pool. She just like pops up like a damn like daisy from the snow and runs into the house. Uh, Carrie's coming downstairs as like Ritzy's going upstairs and they meet each other halfway up the stairs. All right, so let's get into a full description of exactly what happened, not what Carrie says what happened. Yeah. What happens first is that Ripsy's coming up the stairs. Carrie kind of puts her leg up to block her a little bit, which again, totally fine. And she's like, yeah. don't come near me. I will hurt you, she says to Ripsy. Um, and she's, she's just like, get away from me. Don't come near me. I'm going to, I will hurt you. Ripsy walks up the stairs past her and says drunkenly, slurringly, she's like, you don't belong here to Carrie. Yeah. Carrie turns and kind of slaps Ripsy on the back a little bit. Yes. And then Ripsy feels herself get slapped on the back, turns around, slaps the shit out of Carrie's neck, and, like, tackles her. So at that point, yes, Car like, Carrie is being attacked by Ripsy again. Yeah. But she is not little Miss Angel in all of this. Yeah. She fucking pushed her into a pool. She slapped her on the stairs. And yeah. then, and only then, did Ripsy, like, really go in for the kill. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing is when Carrie comes down the stairs and her bikini top is all, like, jerked up out of her <laughs> yes. top and it's all like one cup in one cup out it's just she's had a really rough night and I feel really bad for her like the whole time they're on the stairs I'm very nervous I'm like no one fall you know like it just seems <laughs> the worst place in the world to be fighting each other and like choking each other but yeah it just she looks so rough when she comes down oh the my stairs. god yeah her everything that happens to her clothes because <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they're tussling on the stairs ripsy yeah. sort of gets carrie into like a headlock zara and amy are right there trying to pull her off 
I want to say this, the girls are there the entire time that Ripsy is attacking someone and they're saying, yeah. Ripsy, no, Ripsy, get off. And they're like trying to pull her apart without like hurting anyone by like yeah. yanking people apart. This is another thing that Carrie exaggerates. Yeah. Is well, uh, the level of people's involvement or lack thereof. I think the thing that maybe bugged Carrie is that they're like laughing the whole well, time. It, it, it is <laughs> fucking funny. Because <laughs> so all of this is in, it's all in slow motion because right. she's so drunk that like she tries to go after her and I'm sure it hurts, but it also doesn't look like anything is being accomplished. Well, and she is blacked out and like literally it's like her face looks nuts. Like her eyes are all crazy. Like yes. her her face is super relaxed because she's all drunk. Like it's the whole thing. Like it's funny. Um, yeah. I, and also my favorite thing about all of this is that Zara, again, is being annoying Zara and she's drunk. So she's like not understanding the severity of it. <laughs> but when she's like lecturing Ripsy and she's like, Ripsy, no, we don't do that to people. It's just like, well. She's uh, the way she's not taken it very seriously is very funny. Oh my god, yes. Um, so yeah, they get they manage to get Carrie away. Carrie walks downstairs, and then Ripsy gets up and goes and like goes after her once again because for whatever reason, like Ripsy will not leave her alone. She Uh, she chases Carrie into the living room. She starts grabbing at her again. And so all, all of the roommates are there and they're telling Ripsy to stop. Like they're there the entire time, like we said. Yeah. Um, try, Ty tries to grab Ripsy off of Carrie, but she's like not being too forceful about it again. Cause like, it seems like they're not trying to like really hurt anyone. Yeah. Um, and so on the ground, that's when like they both are on the ground. Carrie starts kicking at Ripsy, like legitimately very hard. Yeah. It, it's, I think she- she was like panicked at that point and just trying to get her. That's fine. I'm not, I don't fault her but for kicking at her she, as hard as she did. She was, hurt, I mean, like she was probably hurting Ripsy way more than Ripsy was hurting her. Definitely. definitely. Uh, so th- at this point she's kicking, Ripsy has like on a hold of her pants and she basically kicks her own pants off. Um, so yeah, Ripsy like pulls her pants off. Uh, Carrie is screaming at her. Cause I really, yeah, she's like in a panic blackout basically screaming at her to get off um and then she slides out of her own pants and like gets away it's a, smooth, it's a good move I'm like a lizard like slipping its tail yeah. <laughs> um and so then ty and someone else i think it's either zara or amy have ripsy on the ground ripsy gets back up once again tries to follow carrie into the kitchen again and ty blocks her and ty's like dead serious at this point she's like you need to sober up dog nah you're not going in there um, and I love Ty's confessional. She's like, I look her dead in the eye and I let her know I was serious. I wasn't going to use force, but I was serious. And then she's like, her eyes were going cross eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she's so, so drunk this entire time. So blacked yeah. out. Yeah. I've never, I've never been that drunk. And I just, I've never been that yeah, drunk. I'm I've, impressed. I blacked out once in my life and I definitely was not attacking. <laughs> I was not attacking people. Yeah. Um, so Ty tries to get Ripsy to sit down and Ripsy kind of just like stumbles over to like the couch and just like plops down a little bit. Oh, no, but sorry, but I skipped something. Before she plops down on the couch for a second, Ty's like, what are you doing to Carrie? And Ripsy's like, I love Carrie. <laughs> That's the, the best moment. You just, it's like, you know how drunk she is in that moment. And I do really wish I could be like inside her drunk head because I think she was sincere too. I think she really was like, oh yeah, I like this chick. She's great. And then like the next time she saw Carrie, she's like, 
I hate you and I must <laughs> end you. So just a really classic drunk moment. Yeah. So then Ty's like, did you just say you love Carrie? You just tried to choke the girl. She's laughing. Carrie is not laughing. Zara's <laughs> trying to reason with her because her drunk blacked out ass can like listen to logic. She's like, Carrie didn't do anything, honey. <laughs> and that's when Ripsy kind of plops down onto the couch. Um, Zara has a little confessional at this point where she says that she's confused and worried about Ripsy and she doesn't know why she'd attack Carrie like that. <laughs> Zara is like eternally confused. I think that's like <laughs> Zara's whole personality is confused and not sure how she like ended up where she is. She's either me, she's either actively confused or trolling. Yeah. <laughs> like those are her two most. Um, so it cuts to outside the house with Carrie and Zara, and Zara's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, just like doing her little like high voice apology tour kind of thing. Zara tries to tell her that she thinks that Ripsy thought Carrie was another person, <laughs> even though she was like actively saying, and Carrie calls her out on this, she's like, she was saying like, you're so perfect, you think you're so perfect, you're Miss Chris, you're Miss 31-year-old, right. which are like all things like about Carrie's personality. Um, and so then Zara's like, can I get you some band-aids? Sarah's just being so helpful. <laughs> she like tries to like hug her and stuff. I'd be like, get the fuck off me and go tend to your friend and make sure she doesn't come back out for me. Yeah, same, solidly same. Okay, so this is my favorite part of the episode. The editing is so good, is so good. So it's back inside. We see Ripsy just like dozing on the couch and then like the music is just like dun, 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 dun. and then like all of a sudden the beat drops and her she snaps awake and she's like a fucking it, have you you know that the computer game quop no oh my god you have to look it up after we're done like look at okay. the video it's basically like this game where you have to make legs like this person run but you move all four like of their arms and legs independently with four different buttons. <laughs> I think so I they just like stumble. <laughs> That's exactly what Ripsy looks like. She like quops over the back of the couch and like falls on top of the vacuum. The vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sitting in the middle of the floor and she just falls on top of it. It's so good. I just, like, I kind of imagined her, like, a character in, like, a video game, like, you know, when, like, the character dies, and then all of a sudden, you just regenerate, and you're new and fresh, <laughs> and you can go on the quest again, and that was, like, Ripsy in exactly. all of those moments. Yeah, she respawned in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> she just got up. <laughs> she runs into the kitchen, and she just starts throwing the kitchen chairs around. She's not even saying or screaming anything. She's just <laughs> quietly destroying the kitchen. Not quite, like, because obviously it's loud because of the clatter. Yeah. He's not saying a word. Right. Um, there are like apples that are sitting on the kitchen table that she just starts throwing. Uh, you can hear one of the other roommates. I think it's Ty yelling. <laughs> she yells from the other room. She's like, stop fucking up the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just yells back incoherently and throws this like a vase thing. And I'm pretty sure it like shatters. It was a bird too. It was like a figure yeah, of bird. Yeah, it was bird. like a swan. A yeah. pretty blue swan vase. <laughs> Um, so a quick, we get a quick cut back outside where Zara's hugging Carrie. She's like, I'm so sorry. And then she hears her commotion from Ripsy and she's like, oh, she's breaking stuff and runs inside. <laughs> so, so then Ripsy walks from the kitchen into the telephone room. Isn't this just like an iconic hallmark of uh, mid 2000s reality TV though, is that they have a phone room. 
Yeah, that's that's really true. Everybody that's something has you one. only see in like the mid two thousands, like the surreal life, this shit, uh, the Tyra Tyra phone on yeah. America's Next Top Model. So she walks into the phone room. Ty is still yelling at her to not uh, mess up the house, and then she when she walks into the room, Ty's like, "You better call Jesus." Ty is like filled with great lines. I, I'm really glad Ty is on this season. Yeah, Ty is really funny. Um, it's it's sad when Ty leaves. Also, yeah. all of like the really interesting people end up leaving, and you're kind of right. just left with the boring ones. Uh, so Zara finds her in the phone room, and she tries to tell her like that she attacked Carrie. Um, she says that her neck is all ripped up. You, and she's like, you can't just rip her neck up like that. I hope you know this. <laughs> and Zara, or not Zara, uh, Ripsy, of course, is just staring at her, just like totally blank expression because she's completely blacked out. Yeah. And she's like, Zara's like, go to bed. And she gives her a kiss on the cheek. And she's like, please don't wreck the phone. That's the priority. It's like, the landline, the, the, you know, the, the connection to the outside world. You got to protect that. I just love that she's like literally tried to kill Carrie and she's like, go to bed, sweetie, and kisses her right. on the cheek. Right, yeah. So Amy is upstairs with Ty and Leslie um, and they, I think Amy says that like Ripsy got her and clawed the shit out of her arm as well. So they're kind of just talking about it. And I, I don't know if Ripsy hears them or what, but she like pops up again and she storms out of the phone room, starts running towards the stairs, slips and falls, yes. gets back up and runs up the stairs. Um, and so then Zara has a confessional where she says Ripsy's like the energizer bunny. She keeps going and going and going and the anger seems to be getting worse and worse. She's just finding anyone to get angry at. So she makes it to the top of the stairs. She slips a little bit, but she doesn't fall down the stairs. Uh, she says, I dare you to fuck with me to someone. I don't know if that was to Amy talking about how she like ripped her arm up, but instead she, (laughs) you can hear Zara also in the background being like, go to bed. You need to go to bed. She runs into the bedroom where Jody is in bed asleep, who went to, a, like, to sleep like an hour ago or whatever, however long it's been at this point. And she just jumps onto Jody's bed and starts attacking her out of nowhere. What happens to Jody is brutal. Like at one point I see it's just like Ripsy with like two handfuls of like Jody's hair. Yes. And I'm just like, oh my God, that must hurt so bad. Literally just imagine being asleep. You have your fucking sleep mask on so you don't even know what's happening. And you just feel this excruciating pain and hear someone drunkenly like slurring at you. Like, do you, do you know what the girls told me? You don't give a fuck about me. And, like, nobody's even said that. That's the best part is, like, nobody's been, like, hey, Ripsy, Jody doesn't give a fuck about you. Also, they met two days ago. Of yeah. course, she doesn't give a fuck about you. She doesn't know you. You're not friends. That's a great point. So Ty, Leslie, Amy, they all run in. They start laughing because I would laugh, too, honestly, because yeah. it's just so ridiculous, everything that's happening. Well, my favorite is Leslie standing there with a the bag of yes. Doritos, but like it's not Doritos because in the it's show got, they mark out the brands of everything. You just have one piece of black tape over yeah. the thing, but it's still obvious as Doritos. Yes, that's my favorite part where it just cuts to Leslie and she takes a sip from her glass and she has her <laughs> open bag of Doritos and she's just watching the situation. Yeah, like Jody's getting her ass beat and Leslie's like, well, <laughs> oh <laughs> I mean, well. She even has a little confessional. She's like, if it doesn't have anything to do with Lily, you're on your own. I'm- <laughs> With it for me is just entertainment. Yes, yes. Um, so Zara's over on the bed. She tries to pull Ripsy off, but she's kind of just like not helping at all, not doing anything. 
Uh, Ripsy's like pulling the shit out of J- Jody's hair, like you said. Jody hits her in the face. And Zara's in the background wailing. She's like, she's been sleeping. She's been <laughs> sleeping. As if that makes a difference to Ripsy. Yeah. yeah. Zara's and so um, finally, Ripsy lets go. Ty's like, get out of my room. Get the fuck out of my room. Ripsy turns to go back and try and attack Jody again. And Ty, like, yanks her off the bed and throws her on the floor. And she's like, get the fuck out of my room. And <laughs> Ripsy's like, okay. <laughs> <And she's> like, <laughs> I mean, you can be drunk, but you're not so drunk that you're, like, literally, like, going to let someone destroy you, Yeah, you know? like, Ty would, Ty would end her, for real. Yeah, yeah. Um, this entire time, though, pretty much from, I guess, from the time that she goes into the kitchen and starts throwing chairs around, her pants are, like, slipped down off her ass, and you just see her full underwear. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's, because she's, like, soaking wet still from the pool. Like, <laughs> oh, that's true. All of this is happening while she is still covered in pool water, hasn't even, like, put, like, a towel on her body. I want to know how long this whole situation, because I feel like, it seemed like Zara and Carrie were outside talking for a little bit. Like, I, I, I feel like she was napping, dozing on the couch for maybe a solid, like, 20 minutes. I think and so. And then she, like, popped up and went back into the kitchen. So it, this has been an ongoing thing for, like, the past at least 45 minutes. I can't even imagine. Um, so Carrie, like, Ripsy finally stumbles into her bedroom. She gets into bed and passes out for the night. Still wet. And still wet. From the pool. <laughs> and so Carrie's sitting alone outside and there's sad music that plays and she's just like touching her neck where it's all tender, where she's been hurt. Right. Um, and then there's like a confessional of her crying and saying that she feels alone. And then Jody, we get a little con- uh, moment of her examining her face in the mirror where her, like, eye is all red and black from Ripsy. And she's just like, pack your bags. You're going home, honey. Yeah. And honestly, I think, you know, like, while, again, I think Carrie was mostly the target of it, I think Jody had way more justification to be super pissed off at Ripsy because, like, again, like, I think Jody wasn't kidding when she's like, if her nail would have been, like, a half mm-hmm. inch higher like, it would have taken my eye out, like, she literally stabbed her in the face, like, Jody is clearly from the, you know, shots at the club earlier, you know, in the season, where she's just standing there dancing, like, pursing her lips, like, doing the whole, like, I'm a hot girl at a club, like, her face matters to her, like, that's going to be an issue if you fuck up Jody's face, so. Yeah, and also, like, like we said, like, we pointed out, Carrie was not 100% innocent in all of this. Jody seriously did nothing except go to sleep. <laughs> but Jody definitely takes, like, is way more chill about the whole situation. Yeah. Um, so it's the next morning. Ty brings Jody this, like, it looks like it's fucking head on. <laughs> like, whatever yeah. it is, like, apply directly to the forehead. It's some kind of, like, topical painkiller chapstick looking thing that they put on her eye. Um, she has a black eye and scratch underneath it. Like you said, uh, she said that Ripsy almost gouged her eyeball out. Um, and she's, but she's like chill. She just like, she has mental issues. She needs a boatload of uh, psychiatrists to deal with her. Right. Probably. She probably has like some kind of like latent alcoholism and other kind of personality disorder or something. Right, right. Um, but she's like, there just needs to be some type of restitution. Um, Amy gets a little confessional here, which she says that, you know, they all agree that there should be no violence. If you attack someone, you should go home. But she says, I'm torn whether or not Ripsy should get kicked out because I love the girl to death. 
which I was shocked, like going back and rewatching this episode because the entire rest of the season, Amy hates everyone, everything all the time, has nothing nice to say to anyone ever. Right. Why well, does I she like Ripsy? I would think Ripsy would be the exact kind of person that, you know, punk rock Amy, like whatever, yeah. would hate. Um, but also I think Amy was definitely just like an insecure and, oh, yeah. and kind of very deeply fake person. So mm-hmm. she that um, felt right for the Yeah, interview. definitely, definitely fake. I remember there was like one part where she threatened someone. It's like where her and Zara, I think, are getting into a verbal argument and she just yeah. like seems like so tough like she's trying to come off as so tough and I was like you would not actually go over and hit her I think Zara's even like so what like she's just like because she knows that Amy's all talk and she's not gonna do anything right but yeah it just seems like Ripsy would be the type of person that she would hate because Amy loves to use the r word and she loves to refer to like Jody as the r word Deanne when she comes in later I think she uses the r word Zara definitely I feel like she would say the same thing about Ripsy, be like, this girl's so, she's drunk all the time, she's so blah, 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 like, yeah. the fact that she's like, I love this girl to death, I'm just, like, shocked. Right. Um, also, Ty says that Ripsy looked like the girl from The Ring, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably, I mean, if her hair was longer and darker, it would be quite uncanny, the resemblance. I could, I could see that, I could see that. Um, and Jody's able to just laugh at the situation at least. And Ty's kind of like, I'm glad you're able to laugh at it. Like, it's not a good thing what happened, but like, you know, at least you're taking it well. Right. <laughs> so now we get, it's the first, my first favorite scene was Ripsy like popping up to like that sound soundtrack background. This is definitely my second favorite moment that happens this episode. So Zara goes into Ripsy's room to wake her up <laughs> and she goes, morning honey god and ripsy's like what happened and zara goes you attacked everybody (laughs) i attacked (laughs) zara you attacked with your nails baby oh god because ripsy's saying i attacked just kills me every time it's a good thing that uh, Zara like didn't get into a career like working in like you know a hospital or like can you imagine Zara like delivering bad news to you <laughs> as a patient like good morning honey bad news you're dying of cancer I know it's like, like God, <laughs> your chart is horrible <laughs> I just realized who she reminds me of her voice who? Ariana Grande speaking voice oh yeah she's a baby yeah she she's baby She's baby. But that's that same kind of really high, just like breathy, like, oh no. <laughs> um, so Zara explains to Ripsy about how she attacked Carrie. She grabbed her by the neck. Ripsy's shocked. <laughs> Ripsy says she doesn't remember any of it. And she asks why she would get violent. She's like, why would I get violent? It's like, I don't know, girl. What's inside <laughs> your psychology? Let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about blacking out from drinking after drinking a half a bottle of not Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels. Well, I think Ty tells her that she had the whole bottle of tequila at one point. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, she claims that she's never done anything like this before, and she says usually she's a happy drunk. I feel like her reaction is very, it, it's kind of weird, because she's obviously shocked. She doesn't remember anything because she was super blacked out, obviously. Right. But she like, she's like half laughing, half crying the entire time people are talking about it. I guess just because she doesn't really know what to make of it and like the severity of what happened. Right. 
Um, so Ty comes in, she asks if Ripsy's up. Ripsy's like, what did I do last night? She says that she doesn't remember anything. <laughs> Amy tells her that she has mental problems. Um, and then that's when Ty also tells her about how she attacked Jody as well and how Ty had to throw her out of the room. Uh, and Amy's like, you got to say bye to us because you're going home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Amy. Uh, so that's when Ripsy goes downstairs. She screams, what the fuck? I think she's just like looking at like what a mess everything was. Yeah. Um, and so this is where Ty tells her that she drank a whole bottle of tequila. And she's like, this is what you did to the house. Look at what you did to the kitchen. You need to clean all of this stuff up. Um, Zara also tells her that the computer was on the floor. So I guess we didn't see it, but she kind of attacked the computer room as well. Wow. I, I wonder, because I mean, like, she was rampaging, like, all night. So I wonder, truly, how much footage they there was and how much they had to cut just for time. Yeah. Like, I bet there was plenty of quality footage. If that's, like, the best that they got, like, that was some great footage. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, Ripsy kind of says once again that she's never done anything like that. She says it's the first time she's blacked out, which I find mm, hard to believe. Yeah, questionable. Uh, and she's like, I broke stuff? <laughs> like, everything she talks about, anytime someone says something, she just repeats it back to them as a question. She's like, you attacked? She's like, I attacked? I broke stuff? <laughs> uh, and so then we get this lovely Zara confessional where she has this, like, spider clip in her mouth and her earlier she's fixing her hair and she's talking through the hair clip and she's like my girl ripsy i think Zara's also drunk in this confessional she's like my girl ripsy attacked four things she attacked jody she pauses for a while she attacked carrie she attacked our computer and she attacked <laughs> our kitchen <laughs> that is like the kitchen this is my favorite part she attacked the kitchen <laughs> i attacked as a whole attacked <laughs> Uh, so then we get a little confessional from Ty. She says that she doesn't want Ripsy to leave. She likes Ripsy. She feels like people are entitled to a mistake. Um, and then also kind of just back in the moment in the kitchen, Ty tells Ripsy that she isn't mad at her, but that she needs to go talk to Carrie. So then Carrie is in the phone room. She calls her boyfriend, David, who I definitely thought was named Derek. <laughs> I wrote down Derek and then I was doing the, where are they now? And it saw that like she's married to her boyfriend David who was featured on an episode of Bad Girls Club and I was like oh, oh. yes his name is not Derek yeah uh so yeah she tells him that her roommate attacked her and she, I can't get over her crying to him and saying the things repeating the things that Ripsy said to her which I'm sure were hurtful but hearing her repeat them back sounds so like kindergarten playground insult she said yeah she was calling me 30-year-ass-old and saying Miss Prissy and Miss Perfect. And she says that she feels traumatized and she feels like she's by herself and she cries. And it's, it's sad because she obviously is, like, shaken up, but also it's so funny being like, she called me Miss Priss. Yeah, I think I, I feel bad for her, but also it's like, get over it. And she was just, like, milking that moment. It was mm -hmm. the best thing that ever happened to her. Mm -hmm. got yeah. to get her boyfriend to fly out short notice you know all of that it was it was wonderful for Carrie <laughs> so Ripsy sits with Amy um and she's like I can't believe I did that I was bad huh and so then Ripsy says Amy's good with comebacks Ripsy never says anything and just builds and builds and builds up inside of her and then Amy says the exact same thing back to her <laughs> she's like yeah yeah I say stuff in the minute and you hold it in and let it build up and that's when crazy shit happens 
Also, we get a really, a really gold confessional from Amy where she's like, I think I'm the sanest person here. Well, not the sanest person here, but I'm pretty damn sane because I say what I need to say. I don't hold up all this anger inside and then beat bitches up in the house. (laughs) So if Amy doesn't think she's the sanest person there, who do you think is the sanest person there in your opinion? Honestly? That is such a good question. I know what my answer is. I'm curious what yours is. Honestly, Zara. No, girl, what are you talking about? It's Leslie. Okay, Leslie was going to be my first answer Mm -hmm. because Leslie has her shit the most together. But I think Leslie had her shit too together to be on that show. Probably. Leslie's whole thing, like, I think the only reason she was on there and she was a bad girl is because she was a stripper who wanted to get out of the business. Right. Yeah. And which is like, I mean, I can totally understand, like, the because... I, I know there's like a preview where she's like, the money is too good. Like I want to yeah. quit. The money is too good. Like I, I can like, relatable. That. Yeah. Like totally get that. Um, I will say, I think Zara in Zara's circumstance, like she was just doing what everybody does when they're 24, mm-hmm. which is 20, drink, 22. Yeah. Like drink and have a good time and have a boyfriend that you're a little too serious about that maybe is a little silly for you to be that serious about and take risks and have an adventure boyfriend bless um so I that's what leads me to that answer but I will say like Leslie like was the one that had her head on her shoulders the best and I think like made the best life for herself afterwards Mm -hmm. yeah I and I I love that like the reason Leslie ultimately decided to leave the house was because she thought it wasn't being enriching enough for her Right, right. She was just like, you guys aren't doing anything to improve yourselves. I'm out. On Bad Girls Club. Yeah. Kind so, of the high expectations there, I think. Uh, so then Amy tells Ripsy that she'd rather, she'd rather be her own way, like the Amy kind of way, instead of being the Ripsy kind of way, uh, because Ripsy's going to kill somebody. Right. Um, so then we come back, Carrie is still talking to her boyfriend, crying, uh, just kind of explaining about what happened or her version of what happened at least. Right. Um, so this is where she's saying like, she's like the weight just got heavier and heavier on my throat and I couldn't get her off. Um, he, the guy, her boyfriend asked about the other girls where they were. This kills me. Cause she's like, they were just around and nobody really helped me, which is a damn lie. Yeah, roll, it back, roll back the tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie. It is a definite lie. They were all helping. I mean, granted, they maybe could have helped more, but also Carrie, at no point were you at risk of like being killed. Yeah, like, one, the security's there, the cameraman's there, the producers are there. You're in a room like filled with people. Like, chill the fuck out, girl. You're going to be fine. They were all trying to pull her off. They were all saying, Ripsy, no, Ripsy, stop, Ripsy, don't. Right. Yes, they were laughing, but Zara was also definitely extremely drunk right along with Ripsy because they had been going shot for shot all night. That's true. And then the others were probably also drunk because they just lived in this house full of alcohol. Carrie was probably drunk too. Just yeah. no one was as drunk as Ripsy. Right. So of course they were laughing and carrying on because like it was ridiculous to watch. If anyone should be mad, it should be Leslie who was sitting underneath that umbrella that Ripsy knocked over. If that hit her head, it could have killed her. Yeah. Could have just like knocked her whole head off. That Leslie umbrella came down with force. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like they, 
they they should be the ones calling their boyfriends crying and asking for sympathy. Mm-hmm. Not Carrie. Not Carrie. Not Carrie. So he asks uh, if Ripsy was pissed off at her, and Carrie's like, no, we've never had anything against each other. Um, and then, oh, he's such a fucking typical man where he's like, well, I can't believe you're being so passive about this just because she's extremely calm. And like, I don't know about you, but I know that when I like get really emotional and I cry a bunch, I feel just like completely like zinned out afterwards, like almost drugged. And I could tell that that's where Carrie was coming from at that point of just like that post adrenaline, like feeling really just calm because your body won't let you feel anything else. Right. Yeah. I get that. So he was like, you're just being so passive. And she's like, uh, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not being passive. And then he tries to be like, well, did you like punch her? Did you kick the shit out of her? She's like, well, I tried, I tried, but I was scared for myself. I was concerned because no one was getting her off of me. And I was like, well, one, that's untrue already because we know that people were trying to pull her off of you. And two, bitch, you kicked the shit out of her. You put her into a pool. Yeah, (laughs) you you didn't try. You fought back. Um, So yeah, Carrie is just like really playing this whole thing up. Uh, Yeah, and I said, I wrote here in my notes, I was like, yes. Ripsy had drunk strength, but they were all fighting back against her. Yeah. And so then the, the boyfriend's all like, oh, it's not safe for you to be alone in that house with your roommate. Should I get on a flight and come out there? And she's like, yes, of course. So that happens. Yeah. Damsel in distress. So then later on, Amy, Carrie, and Zara are all in the computer room together. Uh, Amy's like, oh, I feel bad for you, Carrie. And Carrie's like, I feel bad for myself. And she tells them that her boyfriend's flying out. Um, Zara tells her that Ripsy has no idea what happened. And Carrie's like, well, she's not staying here, so it doesn't matter. It's just like her kind of just, yeah, playing things up and getting a little bit vindictive about it. Yeah. So then we get a confessional from Zara, and she says that her and Ripsy have only been friends for a few days, but they've already established a strong bond with each other, and she doesn't want Ripsy to leave. Of Um, alcoholism. (laughs) Yeah, strong bond of getting fucked up. Right. Uh, She and Ripsy are hanging out in Leslie's room, and Leslie agrees that she also doesn't want Ripsy to go. She's like, but you can't be getting drunk like that, and she says that uh, she can't ever do that again. Ripsy says she won't. And Leslie says the same thing as Ty did, basically that everyone deserves a second chance. But she's, again, like, she's such a, um, an Oprah in this moment, like such an Ayanla change my life kind of moment where she's like, right. <laughs> she's like, you need to be accountable. You need to like stand up like a woman and accept the things that <laughs> went wrong. And you need to like, she's just like giving her all this stuff. You need to go right. apologize. Um, and she's like, why don't you go get on your knees and say a prayer? There you go. And so then Ty and Jody talk about the situation in their room. Um, Ty says that Carrie, you know, she's like, I feel bad for what happened for you. But really, it was like Carrie who was the one that like kept getting attacked because Ripsy kept going after her. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jody's like, yeah, I'm, it's not that I'm okay with being attacked, but I do feel worse for Carrie since she's so tiny and she's so soft spoken. And then, <laughs> I love this because Ty really like leans into this and it like goes past the point of like making her point and then it just kind of feels like she's beating a dead horse and she's like you know Ripsy really embarrassed Carrie like she humiliated her she took her dignity as a woman away (laughs) oh I love that but also appreciated that because I didn't really consider that angle of it and it did give me like just a little bit more compassion and sympathy for Carrie's position and maybe why she was feeling as defeated as she was because that she really did humiliate her. Like, mm-hmm. that is a really good point. Like, she just kept going for her. P- 
people were laughing. Like no one was like, that's, you know, that's fucked up Ripsy. Like get off of her. Like people were like legitimately enjoying it. It was like a little bit of a sport for everyone else. And so like, while they were definitely helping and keeping it from getting as bad as it could get, I can, I can, it helps me understand a little bit why Carrie was being such a big baby about it is like the humiliation factor is probably the worst part of it all. I get that. Yeah, for sure. But it was just really funny the way that she was like, she embarrassed her. She humiliated her. Her dignity is gone. (laughs) It's like, well, now it is tied down. Thanks for telling the world about that (laughs) angle. Um, so then, uh, it's a scene with Leslie and Carrie where Leslie gives Carrie a hug and then she's like, but you need to learn how to stand up for yourself. Um, and she basically says like, you know, you didn't even need us once you fought back. Like once you started fighting back, you handled Ripsy. You didn't need our help, which is true. Like once she kicked the shit out of Ripsy, like Ripsy didn't fuck with her very much anymore. Um, and she asks if she really thinks that Ripsy will keep bothering her. Uh, Carrie says she does feel threatened. Um, you know, Leslie's like, I understand, but like, you can move into my room. I'll protect you. I got you basically, uh, basically saying like, she's kind of saying like, I don't want Ripsy to go, but I'll do what I yeah. need to do to make you feel safe here. Um, because she says that I don't, Rips- I don't want Ripsy to leave because I feel like she has a problem and we all have like, we all have a way of helping each other. Right. I feel like Leslie had, she was like the person that the producers had in mind when they were thinking about like the original incarnation of this show that had like the slightly feminist slant of like women learning how to live together and like right. building each other up and like that sort of thing where it's like we can we can all improve ourselves and each other by working together like that's really how Leslie felt and when like the right. others weren't living up to that she's like I'm out bye she was like yeah this is not what I signed up for um and then we get a little confessional from Leslie that she says everyone's going to embarrass themselves at some point they're all going to say things that they regret and they should all just take the bad with the good so then we get a quick little scene of Zara and Ripsy smoking outside and Zara's upset. <laughs> Zara is upset that Ripsy attacked the other girls because she doesn't want Ripsy to leave. Yeah. She doesn't really give a fuck about Carrie or Jody. Yeah. She's just like, why'd you have to do that? You can't leave me here in this house. Ripsy basically says if Carrie wants her to leave, she will because she owes that girl the world. But then Zara's like, no, I don't want you to leave. And Ripsy's like, okay, I won't leave you. Yeah. Which yeah, Ripley's real committed to her um, thoughts and feelings for about five seconds until someone presents her an opportunity to change her mind. <laughs> so then they all decide that they need to have a roommate meeting. So they all gather in the living room. Um, in a confessional, Zara says that it's up to Carrie and Jody at this point if Ripsy should stay or not. And to her credit, Ripsy does start off by apologizing. Uh, she It takes her a second before she gets to the words, I'm sorry. She tries, she kind of justifies it a little bit first and reiterates that she doesn't remember what happened and she's never done anything like that uh, before, but she does say that she's sorry. Um, Carrie calls her out for having said like the specific things like targeting her age, saying that she's like prissy or whatever, kind of just saying like the drunk mind speaks the sober thoughts or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And Ripsy says again that she doesn't remember any of that. Um, Carrie shows her her neck. Like, she's like, this is my neck. You can still see the indent of your fingers. Carrie starts crying. Ripsy starts crying. She says that there's no justification justification for what she did, but she tries to justify it again. Right. Um, and Amy, Amy's like, you know, I love you, girl, but you're not going to come in my bed and kick my ass while I'm sleeping. Which, I mean, do you want to live with someone that you have to clarify that with them? Maybe not. <laughs> 
I just feel like everyone's really hung up on the Carrie stuff, but it's the Jody thing that kills me. Because yeah. it's like, okay, two girls got into a fight when they were like snipping at each other and like someone pushed someone into a pool and then that person like went and attacked them. That all tracks for me. It's when you jump into the bed of a sleeping person and start pulling the shit out of their hair and gouging their eyes out. That's yeah. way more concerning. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, and Amy says, and has a little confessional, and she says that, you know, Ripsy doesn't mean harm anyone, on anyone. She just got really drunk. But, like, that's the scary thing. It's like, if yeah. that's what happens when she just gets really drunk, then, like, can you trust her? Yeah. Well, and it, like, you know, harkens back to that whole we excuse, like, shitty behavior that people do when drunk and are like, well, you know, it's drunk. They're drunk. Like, they're not really a shitty person. But in reality, like, they're being shitty, just drunk. Yeah. You know, there's, there, and, you know, another thing I just thought, do you think Ripsy thought Jody was Carrie? I don't know. Like, do you think that's why she jumped on Jody and said, like, you know, they said you don't give a fuck about me? It's because, like, she was still in that mindset that, like, and it was just a blonde Carrie, head of it was hair. Just, like, yeah, a blonde in bed. And she's like, well, clearly that's Carrie. Maybe. So there's my theory. But then Zara is saying that like, oh, she didn't even know it was you, Carrie. She thought it was someone else. So maybe she was trying to go after Jody the whole time. Oh, interesting. Jody was the target. Because I think, hear, hear me out here. I know that uh, Jody was like 29, I think, in this season. And Carrie is like 31. And the thing that Ripsy was yelling was that you're, you're a 30-year-old. So it could have uh, been either one of them. It could. And that's deeply offensive to be in your 30s. So, I mean, you know, it's important thing. How dare? How, <laughs> how anyone dare? How? Uh, so, yeah, Ripsy says the scary thing is that she doesn't even remember it. Carrie says that she needs to take responsibility for her actions. Ripsy's like, yes, yes, you're right. Everything you're saying is right. Then Carrie gives her the ultimatum. Either she goes or I go. Dun, dun, dun. There's like dramatic music. And then it goes into scenes from next week's episode because that's how they do it. They cut it yeah. off like right in the middle of the scene. Right, that's a good uh, part. They're like, so we'll just go into that a little bit because it kind of is the, the continuation of what happens here. But so I don't remember exactly how it happens, but they're talking about Ripsy's bad behavior and Ripsy starts feeling attacked and starts like yelling at them. It's like, how dare you? How dare you attack someone and then scream in their face? Well, I could also sense when Ripsy's like, you're right. Everything you're saying is right. Is that she wasn't so much agreeing with them as being like, okay, I get it. Quit, quit like attacking me. Like, you're right. Everything you say is right. Like, leave me alone. Like, I think she was, she quickly, like she, in her position in life of being a spoiled brat, um, had never actually had to really atone for or apologize for bad behavior. <laughs> and so like, she was recognizing that that she had to do that and she's a spoiled brat and this is a new circumstance for her, but she just was so incensed at the injustice of people. Like after she said she was sorry once continuing to like want to have a conversation about it. So mm -hmm. yeah. So Ripsy does end up leaving in the next episode. So she's only there for four episodes yet. She leaves such an intense impact. Yeah. Although it was really confusing because I feel like there's a, this one point halfway through the season where they make it seem like Ripsy comes back into the house and they're like, Ripsy's back. But instead she just like does some commentary on like the episodes that they put like kind of in between like the commercial breaks and it'll be like Ripsy giving her opinion on the fight between Amy and Ty. And it's just like weird and random. Yeah. I think it was the network realizing that Ripsy was amazing for ratings and that they like, 
allowed her to get booted off. Like I'm sure in future seasons, whenever there was someone that was like good for ratings and wasn't like a complete and total threat to someone's actual life and safety yet, they would like maneuver to keep them on Mm -hmm. the series and Mm -hmm. that it wasn't as free flowing and unscripted as it was in the first season going forward. Cause I do think there wasn't a lot of like producer interference in the first season beyond like, making sure they had shit tons of alcohol to drink and nothing to do. Yeah, that makes sense. So then that's the end. Um, So we can go into the where are they now, starting, of course, with our girl, Ripsy. Ripsy, whose full name, whose real name is like Hripsimi Terzian, which is a Armenian name. It's the name of an Armenian saint. I had to look that up because I've never seen that name before. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so Ripsy is like very hard to find. I found this Tumblr blog that had all of the, where are they now information. So that's what I use. It's from 2015. So it might be a little bit outdated, but for the most part, it's probably still valid info. Um, so Ripsy was, uh, in 2009 recorded as having been arrested for a DUI driving without a license and drug possession, which was Seroquel. So it's not like anything hard drugs necessarily. Um, but that's kind of it (laughs) since then. She's, basically disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, this person said like, oh, I've recently learned from a source, I was like updated, recently learned from a source that she now appears to be working in a dental office, possibly near Boston. And she wants nothing to do with with Bad Girls Club, which is mm, sad. Yeah. Cause she could, she's one of those people that really could have like parlayed her four episodes into an entire reality TV show career. Oh, for sure. Like she could have been on fucking okay bad girls club i'm just like okay let me like map out her reality tv show uh trajectory it would have been bad girls club then maybe like a a love show like some kind of love show um maybe on vh1 because i really wanted her i wanted to make the jump into vh1 if she could have gotten on one of those she could have been on i love money which we can tell that she does because she comes from a rich background um, it also could have been on the, because there's a Bad Girls Club All-Stars where they bring back oh, yeah. cast members, mm-hmm. and she would have been the most epic previous cast member to bring back. Mm-hmm. Like the original Bad Girl. Yeah, because they would have eaten her alive. Like, <laughs> she was the original Bad Girl, but, like, compared to who came after her, they, they would have just destroyed her. So she would have come in with, like, a I'm hot shit attitude. Yeah. It would have been good. Yeah. And then I could see her on, like, a celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew. For sure. And then like a couple's therapy with the person that she met on the love show. Yes. Yeah. Like that seemed, it's, there's so much we could have gotten from Ripsy. And I wonder if like her family situation is why, like if she like really brought a lot of shame to her family with her parents. And that's why we like never see her again. And that like, there were like cultural norms that were like way different than like typical American families. Mm -hmm. That's why like, plenty of people act this way on reality TV and don't bring shame to their families and they continue to go on and do shameful things or embarrassing things on reality TV for many years to come. So I do wonder what that dynamic was once she got home and those episodes aired. Her parents probably like threatened to cut her off. Probably. Yeah. Um, so that's that for Ripsy. The next person, Amy, she did bad girls club road trip with Zara and Leslie that season that came out the following year. Um, so as of the 2015 blog, her Instagram also still just describes her as a, she's a roadie. Uh, she works shows like Chris Brown, Gavin DeGraw and Billy Joel. Remember when Gavin DeGraw was a thing? Yeah. 
I don't think she's still working for Gavin DeGraw. Does he still tour? I, that, mm, great question. Um, but her Instagram, it's private, but it still says, like, it says, like, Roadie, Bad Girls Club season one. So I'm assuming it's the real Amy. Then Jody, um, so from that blog from 2015, <laughs> it just said that she's dating some guy named Brian who had a profile picture that was himself and then her breasts because her head was cut off. And that was, like, his Facebook profile picture. And he That's posts bad. a lot on social media. Um, and she works in an occupational health, or she works in occupational health sales for a medical hospital company. Also, I just looked it up. Gavin DeGraw is doing concerts. Good for him. In Copenhagen. Oh, well, that's In cool. Norway. So I guess Scandinavia loves Gavin. Yeah, they love him. Uh, Carrie ha Harvick is her last name. Um, so Carrie got married to the boyfriend, David Kirsch, in 2009. So just a few years after Bad Girls Club aired. Uh, she is a happy mom and she's an owner and it's Central Texas, oh, Central Texas Realty Mart. So I guess she's in like real estate um, oh. lives in Comanche, Texas. Unfortunately, her music career does not, does not appear to have been successful. She released one single in 2007, a year after her stint on Bad Girls Club, and then really nothing else ever came from that. Well, there you go. <laughs> shocking 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 that all of those the entire plot of the season was getting carrie to be a damn country music singer and it didn't work out and she's like i'm gonna have babies <laughs> uh zara her, apparently her last name is sprankle which i love zara sprankle it's hilarious uh, so she obviously did bad girls club road trip as well um she has a son and a daughter possibly with the boyfriend that she was dating, like the 18-year-old. Wow, that's really shocking. Yeah, the Tumblr blog is like, here's the picture. <laughs> like, it looks like the same guy to me. What do you guys think? So I don't know. I didn't get a good enough look at the guy when he came in uh, on the episode for me to tell if that was him in the picture or not. Um, Leslie, she also did Bad Girls Club Road Trip. She lives in Georgia. She's a realtor as well and a financial advisor. Um, according to the, the blog, she is very religious and passionately against racism and police brutality. So maybe that means she's in some kind of like activism work. Leslie's our girl. I know, right. right? Like we knew that she was going to be all right. We knew that. Yeah. Um, and then Ty, so there's not a ton of info, um, from the little blog that I found. It just says she's a mother, biker chick, and a horseback rider. Um, she's worked in the Sith industry and has attempted to write a memoir, attempted, I guess, meaning it wasn't successful. Um, she continued with her troubled past, getting arrested for disorderly conduct, uh, disorderly conduct and possibly a few others. So yeah, this blog didn't have a ton of information about Ty that was like legitimized, mm. verified. So who knows really what she's been up to? I couldn't find a lot on her. I feel like that first round of like reality TV stars anyways, there's just like not like they seem to stay out of the public eye so much more. It was like because they got famous before like the Instagram mm -hmm. and all of that. Like they never like got involved in that, like creating an Instagram following and getting sponsorships and all of that stuff. What's Where, interesting is like some of them did though. Um, now, not anyone that I follow necessarily, but I know that when I was listening to Rewind the Love, uh, all about like the I Love New York flavor of love, they were saying that a lot of the flavor of love two girls are like Insta models now and like influencers within in their, like, within their own sphere, but yeah. probably at least like a few, like hundred, maybe like tens of thousands to a hundred thousand followers which is enough to like, you know, do some sort of like spawn con and make a pretty good living off of. Right. 
And so it's just interesting to see that some people, even though that came out in like what, 2008, 2009, there were still right. people who were taking advantage of it when Instagram did come around in 2012, 13, 14, and so on. Yeah, that's true. All right. So my last question that I always ask is, does it, does it hold up? Is it worth a rewatch? Um, in my opinion, I did just notice the clothing is so dated. It's just yeah. takes you back to that mid 2000s, low rise jeans and baby doll tees. Uh, but I would say that it holds up pretty well. Like it doesn't, nothing like really screams like dated or like this is early reality TV to me. What do you think? Yeah, I think the same. And that's why I'm like so excited that they're bringing it back because <laughs> I, I do think that there, it's just like a very unique concept for, re for, for reality TV and something that Americans don't get a lot of, which is like a non-competition based like looking at the dynamics of human beings who don't know really each other really well being forced to live together. It's kind of like a real world-esque thing. Um, and because I'm a feminist and I always like to, like this is something I've always wanted to do is like rewatch the episodes and start mm -hmm. a blog where I like discuss the feminism in Bad Girls Club. Because anytime you're dealing with women that consider like Feminists in general are like the bad girls of the world. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you are bucking societal standards. You are fighting against like what is typical and expected for women. And that's what Bad Girls Club was all about. And so that's what I really got into the show for was like watching like women like explore their sexuality. And there was a lot more like, you know, queerness happening on the later episodes and seasons. And there would be like, you know, straight up um, lesbian cast members and, you know, cast members. Yeah, that was touched on a little bit with Ty where it kind of seemed like basically she was um, either lesbian and just really like didn't want to admit it or like definitely bisexual and uncomfortable yeah. with her like relationship she was in with her like current boyfriend. And also like there was always a sex worker on every season. Mm -hmm. if if not multiple. And the thing I loved about that was it was like really highlighting these women and showing they were usually the ones that were the most caring, compassionate and loving on every season. Like Those I, are healers. Yeah. Like seriously, like the strippers were always my favorite cast members on every season. There's, I forget which season it's one of the later seasons. Um, and she's an Asian woman. And so that's like another layer of interesting is, you know, she's, you know, a, um, Asian woman in this house. There aren't a lot of Asian cast mm -hmm. members period. And she's a sex worker and she's like really like on your face about it. And she's a lesbian. And oh, so wow. Like, yeah. That's a lot like, of layers, yeah. a lot of intersections there. And she's constantly mothering and trying to just like help the other cast members be better and like intervene in fights and like keep people from beating the Aww. crap out of each other and stuff. So I, she was like one of my favorite cast members of all time. And just because of the like energy she brought to the show. So that's what I always really loved about it is it was like kind of like really highlighting the lived experiences of like bad girls in general, like because these girls do talk about their lives and like, you know, their uncles that touch them and their, you know, screwed up family dynamics and, you know, getting, because there's lots of like teen moms on the show mm -hmm. that like, you know, they go on and do the show and, you know, someone watches their kid, you know, during the time and like the stigma and shame that they're facing on the show for being a parent. It, there's so yeah. many, layers. there's a lot of layers to it. So I'm excited that they're bringing it back and Maybe that we're in this new like era of wokeness when like feminism is now like a mainstream issue that we're like actually talking about and like bringing into pop culture. They'll actually like maybe talk about that a little bit and 
Um, I know in the last seasons before it got canceled or at least like suspended period, like temporarily, there was a life coach that they started bringing in, uh, Laura, the life coach. Oh, and, um, yeah. And <laughs> she was really big on like helping these girls, like, you know, address the multiple issues and traumas <laughs> of their past and helping them learn how to like get along with people that they don't necessarily like and, you know, not beat the crap out of each other Mm -hmm. and all of that. So it'd be cool to see them bring that element back too. Awesome. All right, Kelsey. So do you want to plug anything? I, this is going to drop on giving Tuesday. Oh, FYI, do you want to drop your plugs? Drop can, I, can I really plug anything I want? Absolutely. Right now? Girl, and I've talked about I'm a clinic escort. So okay. give, give all the abortion plugs. <laughs> all right, cool. So I am the traditional abortion girl. You bet if we're talking about 16 and pregnant or teen mom, we're going to talk about the teen moms that had the abortion. Like that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely want to give like a big plug to any abortion fund. I know you have listeners all over the country, which is super cool. All over the world, baby. All over the world. Um, so um, depending on what country you're in, you may or may not have abortion funds because abortion may not even be legal in your country. America is trying real hard to make abortion illegal here. And because of that, abortion funds really need people's support. You can find out about abortion funds on fundabortionnow.org's website. If you live in the Carolinas, like me and Riley do, you can donate to the Carolina Abortion Fund, or you can donate to my employer, which is the Yellowhammer Fund, which is the only abortion fund in Alabama, and where I will be returning like 30 voicemails tomorrow because <laughs> our hotline has been closed since Wednesday. Um, and also, if you want to support Riley and I and the work that we do at the clinic, um, you should check out um, the Clinic Best Project. They're the ones that throw um, vests our way. They're really cute. They're rainbow. We look adorable in them um, and throw some money their way because they're amazing. And yeah. Yay. Thank you, Kelsey. Uh, do you want to fa- tell people where they can find you if they want to follow you or do you not care? <laughs> um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, it's Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-A. Mickabelsey, um, M-C-B-E-L-S-E-A. Um, and also I have an Instagram. I, I think it's the same handle. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure like everything is at Kelsey McBelsey. Um, and if you're interested in following our clinic escorts, um, we're the Triangle Abortion Access Coalition. So you can check us out online that way. Yay. And of course, you can always follow this podcast on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast, on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod, or my personal Instagram at really underscore Riley. Or you can email me, snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. And thank you again, Kelsey, for doing this with me. This was so much fun. I'm glad we finally got uh, on the mic together, and we will do 16 and Pregnant, Teen Mom, Catfish, all these other MPV shows. We'll do them soon. I'm very excited. Okay. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.